Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. And we're back. Hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> I got it. I got in first. See, no, now it's a race. Randy got in first. No, he said, hey, and we're back. back. Yeah, no. that was my intro. That's we're his back. intro. I say, I say, <laughs> just from the narcissistic side of myself, we cut that and we started it. Hello, everybody. That's That should be the beginning. Uh, I love all of this. Let's leave all of this. In. We're going to have <laughs> editing words on this. Brian, I yeah. saw a picture earlier of you shoveling and i just have to say of me shoveling yeah you were shoveling outside oh that was my picture i was it was a video actually i I knew it i knew she was fucking going to i swear to god like whenever i'm doing anything she does she takes pictures like these weird little like creepy sort of stalkerish pictures and then she posts them she does weird things like that she she does. The greatest part is she's talking about how she's having a rela- you're both having a relaxing morning and she's, yeah. you know, she's doing something. Like- and then she she takes a shot out the window and you are sitting there going to town, yeah. shoveling like y- you were sandbagging for a storm coming. Okay. So oh, yeah. so don't so don't think for a second that the red check mark is not going on the calendar for the work oh, that yeah. I put in this. Yeah, morning. yeah. He did a big oh, yeah. that was my workout. Yeah, that was my full body. It was I was like, I'm just having a leisurely morning and by, you know, looking out the window, just see him sweating buckets. Even the guy with the like the excavator or whatever that comes out and clears the snow was like, let me help you out with that. Came over, The driveway a little bit because the snowplow goes and then the snow that ends up on either side of the street are just like big chunks of ice. And so it's you can't use a normal shovel to get through it. It's not like the powder that's everywhere else that I could easily clear. Mm. So. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, baby. I love those things. I find it so attractive. I'm like, that's my sexy man out there just shoveling away. He sneaks stuff. If I'm like building things or whatever, she's like, you know, behind a bush, like doing these like weird little things. <laughs> but it kind works of a little bit. Her. I'm a bit of a creep. I think I'm a bit of a creep. I like perving on my men. So what? So what? Well, this is <laughs> so, what's going to keep the spice alive in your marriage. Totally. Is, oh my gosh, I just said marriage. Oh yeah, I said honestly. Yeah. Sometimes I say my husband just because it's I don't know. 
right. just because I can and I want to, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so today our guest is incredible for people yes. that have sent in questions that we asked for. Thank you so much. Her name is Jaya. Miss Jaya. Yes. Miss Jaya is what Let's she goes by. You can sex, you can, baby. Yeah. Let's you can, you can look her up on Instagram baby. under Miss Jaya. She is a sex therapist and she is, she's the one that literally everybody goes to if they're having any sort of questions or any sort of issues or anything in their life. I actually know this is as far as this information will go. I actually know someone that went to her a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, I so badly want to hear those stories because yeah, I know, it's... I know, I cannot. It's so personal, and obviously, I, of course, that of course, kept anonymous, uh, of course. But, but I, re when we talked about having this Jaya on, I was like, I know that name, and it came back to me, and it's really wild and amazing and groundbreaking, and it and just outside the box, at least for me, of what she does. So let me, I let me read into this a little bit because her bio is, is a bit long. I mean, she's done a lot of stuff, but I'm so curious to get into just how this even started and how it came to be and what research has gone into, into a title like this. So she's, she's an award-winning somatic sexologist, a sexological body worker, author and founder of the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough with over three decades of practice in the study of turn-on, ancient erotic rituals, tantric sex, mastery of the sexual touch, pure exotic play, kinky dynamics, and the biology and psychology of attraction and sexual fulfillment. Honestly, I think I'm blushing just literally. Oh, that, <laughs> just that alone. It's like, oh my, A, how? Right. I'm dying to know how how a sex therapist works. How that works. So one of the questions that came through wasn't a question. It was a woman admitting and laughing at herself, uh, saying, I honestly thought up until a few years ago that a sex therapist was someone that watched you have sex and mm -hmm. then helped you. And then things. scored you. Right. Like held up like a held like a, like an eight, eight out of ten. Like, I don't you know. know if that is like in part what can happen with a sex therapist. There's many kinds of sex therapists. I mean, there can be talk therapy to somatic, to working through trauma, through- Yeah, she's, to she's all of it. All sorts of things. <laughs> Brandy, I think you're even blushing. I think I'm totally, I'm totally blushing because I know what's about to happen, but I also, <laughs> you know, just for everyone Wait, listening- Wait, you know what's about to happen for who, Randy? Oh, what I, you, I, I, probably you're asked. gonna throw me it's under the bus asked. aren't you yeah. this is gonna you're you're just gonna point oh, the, the sex i mean you, you know i'm intuitive and... right so i'm i'm Ugh. looking at the whole thing and i'm i'm just i know what's about to go down but i was so excited for today because i think this is one of the most taboo scariest awkward things to talk about yet it it should be the number one thing talked right. about it's so important right in yes. a healthy relationship because there's creativity through sex there's yeah. there's connection there's it's not just only about the physical act it's it's learning about yourself so she was on a netflix documentary series called sex love and goop with gwyneth paltrow that's where i first saw her yeah and they they helped couples enhance their relationship through more pleasurable sex and deeper intimacy. So she talks about these, uh, this erotic blueprint. We're going to talk about it with her, but did I you know do the test? we did the test. Yeah. I know, I know Randy, you did. Cause you'd said you did. What did you get? No, I want to no, know. No, no. We're I not going to give that away. I say we, I say we talk about that once she's on and we, and we get into it so we can ask her a question about it. I actually want to know if she can pick up. I don't want to put her on the spot. I want to know if she can pick up on 
our blueprint. If she just knows people so well that by talking to them or asking them a couple of questions, if she can tell, Should maybe there's just in? an energy about someone. Should where we you do this? Tell. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's Are do we this. ready? Are we ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Jaya. Oh, there she is. There Hi, she is. Ms. Oh, Jaya. The anticipation right now is killing us. <laughs> She's in. Hi, Jaya. I get used to every time you get on one of these that everyone's already Everyone's watching. like, oh my God, they're like sweating. Like I'm, I'm like in a flop sweat. <laughs> uh, Hi, thank you so much for yeah. being here. Uh, it's my great pleasure for being here. It's already an orgasmic start. <laughs> oh, well, that is definitely so one way. Yeah. That's I mean, one way to describe it. Yeah. Sure. It is, for sure. Okay, so how did you start in this? What was the thing that pushed you in this direction to begin with? Well, I saw Dr. Ruth on something when I was really young. I mean, she probably was 60 then. She's like 90 now and still kicking it. So, you know, orgasms must have something to do with longevity and energy <laughs> right. levels. <Love> but uh, <laughs> is she still alive, by the way? She still is, alive. right? Yeah, she is. Yes, Good for her. Yes. That's like, amazing. Good for her. Like 90 now. <laughs> Yeah, She's so still doing her thing. <laughs> and probably still having orgasms he's, at ninety. He's probably talking Absolutely. to Jaya now all the time, like, "Hey, so what can I do at ninety to to get through?" <laughs> so Jaya is the new Doctor Ruth. Okay, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So I saw her somewhere, and I, you know, at the time, I was like, I grew up very Catholic. And, you know, it was not PC to tell your parents that you want to be a sex educator when you grow up or a sex therapist when you grow up. And so um, I told them that I wanted to go into fertility medicine. And then I just researched everything that I could around sexuality, even from a very young age. I was I was at the library sneaking into the sections that I shouldn't have been in as a teenager. You're kidding. Just out of fascination, out of like you felt drawn to it. How did how did that? Uh... I felt like it was part of my purpose in the world was to teach all my friends and tell wow. everything about the truth around sexuality. I was really like a truth seeker, very young of like, you know, they've been lying to us about the stork. Yeah. Okay. So wait, I'm sure the truth of sexuality has changed for you over the years as you've grown and evolved. So right now this may change, but right now, what is the truth about sexuality that we need to know? I think the truth about sexuality that we need to know right now is that it's much more than we've ever imagined that it could be. To me, at this point in my life, I've come to the understanding that sex is actually a tool for our own personal growth and awakening. And we've been using that tool all wrong. And how are we in right relationship with sex, just like right relationship with each other, that sex is then something that brings us closer to our truer selves. Hmm. Oh, can you unpack yeah. that a little bit? Say, <laughs> yeah. more. say right. more. Can you dive please. into, yeah, say more, please. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, just like, any adventure in life, it's about coming to this truth about ourselves and who we fundamentally are. And on that journey, there are many, many tools that we have to bring us back to the truth about ourselves. And over our lifetime, we get conditioned and programmed and told how we're supposed to be based upon gender, based upon race, based upon socioeconomic status, based upon being in the spotlight or not, just all of these different facets of life of how and who we're supposed to be. And sex is one of those things that can help us unravel that into a more deeper sense of self and into a deeper sense of how we connect on this planet through the intimacy with both ourselves and with each other. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, I always felt when I was younger that the supposed act of sex was supposed to be for procreation. 
But then there was the side where it was like, oh, the pornography exists. So it was kind of like my dirty little secret of like in the enjoying of sex aside from just making children. And now it's like this, the, this revolution has come. And, and because of like the work that you're doing, people are realizing that there is so much more to it and you can create such a, a, a needed connection uh, between people. And, but it's hard. It took, it still takes time for me because there is still part of that part of my mind that says, oh no, this is sex is just for this. And it's like, okay, I have fun with it, but don't have too much fun because then something's wrong with you. If it's right. like, you know, if there's a sport aspect to it, sex talk is a tricky talk. Yeah, I think it is. And it's something that because we don't talk about it, that's why it's so tricky right. because right. we don't have these adult conversations right. around right. sexuality. So thank you all for having an adult conversation with me today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also don't have community around sexuality because we're not having the conversation. It's not like we can see what other people are doing, like in other instances of life. It's this is something that's been so hidden and so taboo. And then we have so much confusion layered on top of it that it has to come out sideways. I mean, I think this is why we get the shadow side of sexuality is because we have so much suppression of sexuality. I ask mm -hmm. audiences all over the world, you know, how, what did you learn about sex? Who had here had a great sex education? Right. And, you know, two people will raise their hand and I'll say, well, actually, all of you got a, a got a sex education. You just didn't get a good one. We all are getting messages every day about who we are as sexual beings. And when you go on that journey of sexual liberation or sexual awakening, as I mentioned, you know, that that piece of that that brings us closer to who we really fundamentally are is so profound and but that only happens when we have that consciousness that and that intention that our sexuality is not just for procreation but also for our growth also for mm -hmm. intimacy also for pleasure i mean pleasure is such a bad word my goodness like we, right. we're not allowed to have pleasure work 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 right. work right. you know right. that's no play yeah i feel i feel like i i would be so judged if i if i came out and talked about everything about just sex openly just, all the time just open yeah, yeah. Just about who i was and how i felt about it so we all did the the blueprint test yeah each of us <laughs> yeah but it's but it it was a lot it's a lot to unpack uh randy randy's the one i've honestly been the most curious about really <laughs> we told each other what we got yet <laughs> yeah we know what we each haven't, other we got, haven't but... shared it we figured we would share it with you because then it was a safer space. That's so fun. Well, you can just help us understand what it means because I'm all, I was almost con like convinced. No, I think it got me wrong. Yeah. So we'll, I, we'll yeah, I had a very clear idea in my head of like, oh, I guarantee I'm going to be this. And then when the results came in, I was like, boy, I didn't see that coming at all. Yet it made total sense listening to the audio thing. Uh, well, now I'm so excited to know what you all are. <laughs> well, I, I just was curious, Jai. I mean, we've spent four minutes together, but, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you ever have an idea of just sitting with someone or talking with someone and feeling their energy and knowing, okay, they might be one or two of these blueprints? Yeah. I usually can tell in about five minutes. So maybe give me another minute. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that might be a fun That's game. Fun. Let's, let's drag this out a little bit um, more. And then, the, and then the pressure is on you, Jaya. To, um... I mean, just even that you asked me the question, you use the word energy and it starts to like, kind of tip that you were like, Oh, oh just okay. Feeling somebody's energy. Yeah, be. And then, see? and then, you know, you talking about, oh, the shame or the judgment that I might have from my sexual activities, that's oh. starting to clue me into things. And then the way 
that you're touching your, your right now, the way you're touching your arm. And, and so those are all like little clues to start to clue me into. This is so fascinating. How, how someone's love that. might be. Okay. Randy, what were you? I was essential. Of course you were. Sensual. Sensual. I could have curious if you have a lot of energetic in there too. Did you just do the part of the quiz that gives you one of them? Yeah, it shows kind of the the pie. Oh, I did. I, it, it was it have. was late at night a few nights ago. <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't. I I didn't get the second part. I yeah, I wonder if you're essential energetic. That would be my read on you. Is that you still have you have a lot of energetic in there? Which the energetic loves anticipation, space, tease, longing, and they're interested in what's more about sex than just the like surface physical aspect of sex, but getting into the spirituality of it or- Oh or, my God, I love hearing this right me. now. And I love, I love seeing Randy's face. She got it. <laughs> this is the greatest. This and is then so combined with your sensuality, it's that you also love, love like the romantic aspect or the context or connection. Like you need to have that sense of connection totally. with eroticism. You couldn't just, you know, go energetic orgasm with just anybody. You need to have that level of intimacy to see with someone this is randy's like that's me <laughs> right i love Mike it drop. hey the woman okay, got it. you guys <laughs> <laughs> so wait before you tell your blueprint it sounded like both of you were a little bit shocked of your own blueprint but then when you shared it did you know about the other or was that kind of shocking too so i think the thing that was shocking for me much like uh, when I did 23 and me before, like it's because it gives you a, a pie, right. basically like a diagram of what percentage you are of each thing. And mm -hmm. I am pretty equal awesome. across the I was board. Say you're, you're a sexual shapeshifter would be my read on you. <laughs> so, so shapeshifter is exactly what I got. Yeah. Shapeshifter. <laughs> and at first I was like, I... But as I was doing the quiz, I swear, and I said this to Sharn as I was taking it, I was like, I answered both on majority of the questions that came up. Like it gave you the option of, are you this or are you this or are you Do both? Do you like this? Do you like and that? I, and mine was both for, for most of them. There were a couple where it was like, no, that's a little too, that's a little too far. But for me, honestly, it just varies from day to day. At least in reading that, I felt like, okay, that's, that's all right. <laughs> what I love about what you just said is how it gave you permission to be you. And I think it's that totally that's a really different. important thing about any personality system or the erotic typing systems yeah. are that all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, it's okay that I don't know necessarily what it is that I want the want, or that it keeps shifting or that I love surprise and variety and yeah. that I have a big appetite and I want to try all the things at the yeah. smorgasbord, you know, that, that that's just how I am and that's how I'm wired. Or for you, Randy, where it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I don't go for that sexual thing. And that's okay. Cause how I'm wired is I need time and space and to yearn and long and and have those romantic contexts or connection more so than jumping into something. And so just knowing, like, although the two of you are very different, that they're there, there's no right or wrong. Like right. mm. you, are, you are who you are. And I think that that's the beautiful uncovering is like, here's who I am as an erotic being. And I can now own that and do that shame-free. Yeah. Right. I, I remember like going through uh, just kind of having different days and going, God, I like, I, for the most part overall feel like very sensual. Like I am all about the, the textiles and the, 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 sheets and things like that um, and Feeling connecting. Things. But then at the same time, it's like, I can easily bounce from 
kinky to the, to it's, I'm kind of all over the board. But, um, yeah. And yeah, my, my pie chart <laughs> really reflected that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious about your drive. Cause I would have guessed you as a sexual shapeshifter, but I'm kind of hearing you also love the sensuality and that you're leading, you're leading with sensuality, but do you have like a high, a high drive, a lot of like sexual. I do. Charisma? I do. Um, I have a I very say, high sex that sexual yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it varies. So it's like, you never know, uh, during the day, it's like, I might start becoming aroused or turned on by something where it's like, I, it's not something sexual that I'm like even involved in right now. I don't understand what's going on. It's like my brain just automatically will go. Do you want to know what's going on? Yes. Oh, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. When Please. you're peeling the orange and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> what is right. happening right now? This, a this apple's delicious. And I swear <laughs> I need some time for myself right now. <laughs> There's actually a part of your brain called the dual control model response. And it, what it's doing, this part of your brain is it's scanning all the time, 24 seven for what is sexually relevant and what is not sexually relevant. And that mm. is different in everybody's brains based on history, based upon a lot of different things. And so your brain can scan and might have, uh, they also call it the accelerator breaks model, which was popularized by Emily Nagaski, who wrote Come As You Are. Okay. And the most people have like the break going, like don't have sex. You're eating an orange. It's you know, not right. <laughs> yeah. sexual thing. Not me. I'm like, oh, this orange is fantastic. Right. I wonder what else could happen. Right. <laughs> right. I wonder what this orange could lead to. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is I should have more oranges in the house. You right. Could. So we'll be, or we'll be or less fruits, really depending on... <laughs> On what it is what it is you're looking hey for. i mean fruit is very erotic it is the sexual organ of the plant so you yeah, know, okay i did not realize that that's amazing <laughs> so a lot of people have the brakes on when yeah. they're eating or doing things and and most of us have too much brakes and not enough accelerator but some people you know when we get sexual compulsion it's when we have no brake and all accelerator mm. So it explains, you know, I, I like to really unravel the sex addiction thing. I don't really think that there's sex addiction. There's just people who have lots of accelerator and no break and people who have all break and not a lot of accelerator. And that's where we get people who like have no libido or not interested in sex. Do you think that's like physiological or do you think that that is learned behavior from when you were a kid and some sort of trauma led to led to that? I think it's a combination of both things. It can be sometimes physiological and sometimes it's psychological. And sometimes it's even on an energetic level. If we're looking at like people who are very energetics, hmm. there could be something even in the transpersonal realms that we can't explain that might be going on. Um, you know, I really believe in the things sometimes that are unseen that we we can't explain all the time that are also we have to take into account. Right. Mm. All right, baby, you're up. Yep. I was just going to say. Last, last. Yeah. We saved the <laughs> well, best for what, last. What do you think I am? <laughs> well, I think you're, you're sensual based upon the way that you're touching your yeah. body and the way that you are. Um, but there could be some hidden aspects to your sexuality that you haven't explored that are there that are actually desires that you just haven't leaned into yet. So that would be my my lean, like maybe you thought you were essential and then took the quiz and it was something else or something like that is, is going on. Something else like what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. So here's me. I for sure <laughs> thought that I would be sensual, right? Because huh? I'm a very, He's my love language touch. is touch. Yeah. Like everything uh -huh. is touch. But I came back with and we had our first two switched, which were kind of the same in percentage, but just you are, you are dead, a dead heat though, like dead even between two. 
So, so I am 25. I'm kinky. I came up as kinky. 25%, but then 25% sensual at the same time. Sensual. So she okay. is absolute both. So but sensual I came up kinky. Sensual kinky. And I also have, I have like 16% shapeshifter, 16% sexual and 16% energetic. So the, the remaining three Very are close. all pretty even, Yeah. but the two chunks are sensual kinky. And when I was reading through like the kinky doc that came through and you had some examples, I was like clutching my pearls. Like, well, I don't know if I don't I know love my life. Me. This is amazing. Home life is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jaya, can you explain more about Kinky? Because one of the things that I was blown away by when I saw the uh, the Netflix documentary that you were in was uh, explaining more about kinky. And I think the way that I typically thought about kink is potentially different than what it actually is or can be. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so the kinky blueprint is someone who is turned on by the taboo. 
And this can be anything that's taboo for you. So, you know, if you're somebody who grew up with a lot of shame or religious upbringing that where sex wasn't okay, there are a lot of things that can become taboo and things to explore that are in that, that juicy edge. And so this could be psychological, meaning you want to play a power dynamic, like I'm going to give my power over to you and let you be the person who's in the lead around our sexuality, or I'm going to be the one who has power over, or this could be more of something that's sensation based. Like I like deep impact something where it's like spanking or um, Mm. a sensation that's like a scratch, something that's more intense impact play. Mm. And so it could, or it could be both. So some people are both my own partner. He is both. He's kinky and he loves both the sensation because he's also sensual kinky. So uh. I told your blueprint. <laughs> partner. Um, he and, and so it was interesting because he led with his sensuality because it was really safe. But his really deep turn on was in the kinky. And the more he developed that kinky and allowed, you know, the, the shame is the deep, deep part of the kinky that is holding them back. It's the breaks. The breaks are, I don't want to own that. I like these things. It's hidden. It's I've never actually tried these things. They feel edgy. Why am I like this? Why do I like this? All of that Mm. up and prevent the kinky from fully stepping into the glory of their eroticism, which is endless creativity and play and so many really intense and exciting edges that can be explored that really are never ending. Cause I think sexuality is one of those places where we can explore for the rest of our lives. Right. So, but Jaya, what do you say to someone? Cause I'm sure this happens all the time. You get people who come to you that say, I want to please, or I want to do a good job, or, you know, I want to be carefree in this, but I feel some sort of uh, performance anxiety or that I'm not up to par. What do you say to that? For performance anxiety, I think it's really, we look at four things all the time. And I think these four realms or these four domains are really important. There's the psyche emotional aspect of like, well, what's behind feeling that performance anxiety? Is it a lack of skill set? Is it an emotional thing from your history, trauma, something where you just feel insecure? Um, Is it intimidation from your partner? Is it a safe partner? And so that's all like in the emotional realm. So, so how do you create safety with your partner with, for yourself, you know, looking at maybe history and where that has come up, or you've had maybe moments in the past where you I'm putting in quotes failed in the bedroom uh, in some way, or is it, is it related to something more neurochemical and, and your testosterone's low, you know, we're, so we're looking at the emotional realm. We're looking at the biochemical realm. We're looking at the physical realm. And that's more like the skill sets. Like what are the physical skill sets? Do you know the anatomy and physiology of your partner? Can you just go mm-hmm. learn those skills? And that's going to help you um, improve in terms of feeling that anxiety. And then the last piece, which I mentioned before is the energetic aspects of things. And then that more transpersonal spiritual realm and, and having connection there as well. So I, I'm lo- always looking at from those four facets when there's any challenge coming up and especially I think performance anxiety, how do you create that space of safety with your partner where you're not feeling judged? You, know, you mentioned Brian, like feeling judged for the things. Yeah. Performance, performance anxiety, it just seems like something that you could easily get into because it's so emotionally driven and it, and it, it has so much to do with the partner that you're with and, and, and how your connection is in general. And it's so easy 
I think for people to take certain situations and take them personally and think like, oh, something's wrong with me. So then, oh my God, I got to fix this. And then all of a sudden it just be, it's like the snowball effect. It just like, you get more and more in your head to the point where you're not physically in anything anymore because you're just completely in your head of like, am I doing the things correctly right now? Right. The pleasure is completely gone and it's all about performance. Absolutely. I'd say that this is also a very sensual shadow. So all of the blueprints have a shadow as well. And one of the sensual shadows is you get caught in your head and then you can't feel the pleasure that's happening in your body because you're up here thinking about all the things, the to-do list things you're not doing right. The pillow that's crooked in the middle of the, you know, bed. <laughs> is that, I've is had that? that. Wait, I've absolutely had that. I'm not saying like currently, but in my life, I've been like, why the f- am I thinking about my grocery list right now? I don't <laughs> understand. And it's not, and it wasn't with someone that I wasn't into. It was just that my brain would not allow me to feel. And then there's like, there was like this numbness that would mm-hmm. like come with it. And then, then good luck. Like that no, nothing's going to happen from there. You and know. for you, being that kinky's your second, if that ever happens again, go to intense um, sensation. So a blindfold on can help the mind quiet. Some kind of really intense impact, a scratch, a slap, something that gets you into your body and can take your mind out of that rumination. It'll break the pattern up, especially since you're kinky right underneath your Crazy. It's <laughs> like I'm fully blushing. I just had I this vision it. of myself. Like turning around and saying to Brett, I just need you to slap me. Like, right, I feel like right, it's something right. from a rom-com, yeah. you know? Just, just say something right. terrible to me right now. Come on. <laughs> hit me. Hit You'll me never harder. amount to anything. I don't know what you're looking for. What's, you <laughs> What's going to turn you on in this moment? So wild. <laughs> That's so wild, but I get it. I get it. And it's so good that you're a shapeshifter and you have your percentages so close. You know, mm. so the two of you are like a really, really good match in terms of that. Yeah, because- our like our pie diagram is very, very similar. Like there, it's, yeah. it's just off by a couple percentage points in each thing. It's not like one person has like, you know, a couple slim lines and then the rest is all full with one thing. Like we're both pretty broadly spaced within, what is it? Five, five the things. Five yeah. Ones, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's. It's interesting. And I think it, it opens us up for uh, continuing to kind of learn and, and grow together. Well, what I loved about it is we have an amazing sex life, but just doing the questions, I was like, huh, like I've never thought about yeah. things being like that or doing it that way. I've yeah. never wanted for anything in our sex life, been completely happy, but wait a second, that could also be super fun. Right. Well, again, you know again, I mean? it's that thing too of um, answering questions I think about yourself. Like sometimes yeah. uh, you get so caught up in the other person and what pleases them totally. and what turns them on that you you're not really taking care of yourself. So then when you're answering these questions and and they're hard questions and it, it's kind of like really throwing in your face of hey what are the things between these two that turn you on? What are the things mm-hmm. that don't that turn you? It really uh, paints this picture in your mind of like God, I need to be more aware of those pleasures being met for myself because then I will be a better sexual partner on on the reverse side. Mm. Yeah. When you're fed, then you have more to give. And I think a lot of us are starving in our sexuality because one, we don't even know who we are. So how do we communicate what it is that we want and desire or what's even possible? I mean, so many of us just touch the tip of the iceberg of what's possible when it comes to our own eroticism. And I think that uh, also there's a mythology that, we have to have a partner in order to be erotic beings. Right. 
and no, you're, you're, you're an erotic being period. And there's not a partner required. It's just amazing when we have a partner that we can then explore with and we can explore in different ways. So there's a self exploration and a self feeding. And then there's a, now we spill over into our partner and we feed each other. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I would never have thought of like a, a sexual awakening. I think you called it when you're single. Like, right. Yeah. I guess you would think, oh my God, do I have to sleep with like 10 guys in the next 10 weeks to figure out all the things? <laughs> right. Like, right. what is, what yeah. is your, uh, like, how do you have that on your own? I mean, part of it is a pleasure practice. And I talked about, you know, pleasure has become kind of this dirty word. I mean, we've been censored, shut down just for me using the word pleasure. And it's still like, I can't believe right. it still in today's age that this is still something that's so taboo to talk about, but how are you pleasuring yourself? And I don't just mean in the sexual blueprint, because I think we think of self-pleasure or pleasure as being masturbation. Right. And, and for each blueprint, that's going to look different. And so once you know your blueprint, you can start to really feed yourself in that blueprint. If it's, if you're essential, maybe you put on your favorite music and roll around in a fur rug naked, you know, like that is just as fulfilling. Sounds good to me. Sounds I'll take, I'll take yeah. some of that. That's a wonderful just, idea. Yeah. Just mix that in with some other things and we're right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a date night for me. That yeah. sounds amazing. I'll take that. get some oranges in Brian's soul. Yeah. <laughs> how did you eat? Okay. So how did you even, how do you research this? Like, are, is this like an eyes wide shut thing? Are you like, there's like a stage in front of you and you're like sitting in the back of a theater watching people, or are you like reading books? Are you speak? How, how does, how does one become as knowledgeable in this field as you have? Well, first thing I believe that mastery means that you never stop learning. So I'm right. always learning and I'm learning in all the ways that you mentioned. But the main way that I learned with the blueprints is that I'm a somatic sexologist, which means that I get to work with people very hands-on. So when people come to see me, it's very intimate. I'm working with couples like you see on the Netflix show, you know, where I'm working with them in a very intimate way and watching what's happening in their body. And so after- I'm 30 sorry, just, just for clarity, that means you're watching them have sex? Well, it depends on your definition of sex. So do are we defining sex as intercourse, which I think the sexual blueprint would define sex. Maybe. I just started blushing all over yeah, again at maybe. the idea of yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Randy's <laughs> muted I love his microphone. This so much. I, just... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. Redefine this for us, Jaya. What what is this? So if we're looking at it across all of the blueprint types, I call them the erotic blueprints because we have this eroticism that's also outer course. We we sometimes call it foreplay, but why is it foreplay? Why can't we mm. just have great oral sex or a great G-spot massage or great kissing? And that yeah. is all part of or, you know, maybe it's energetic and you never even touch each other, but yet you're having orgasms that are- some That's of tantric, isn't mind. it? Isn't that kind of the breathing together and doing all those things? Uh, yeah, Sting was a big, was, was really kind of brought that to light for a while. Yeah. So tantra's breath, sound movement, and it's also enjoying life. Tantra means liberation through expansion. It's expanding the senses, expanding the awareness of who you are to liberate your being and, and have total freedom. And so part of that Tantra could be eating that delicious orange. If you add breast mm. to it, mm -hmm. um, you know, anything can become Tantric, add some, add okay. some pelvic floor contractions and bring awareness to the eroticism of life, the eros of life. And it's become Tantric. Got it. That's unreal. Right. And one can orgasm just by doing that alone. Ener energetic. Absolutely. So energetic orgasms, 
are the ability to orgasm just through the energetic body. So we all have a biofield around us. There's also an energetic, whole energetic systems that come from the East and Eastern culture and, and religion and also medicine. And so looking at some of those, we can see that, oh, there's, there is this other body that is unseen. Some people can see it, um, but we can measure it. We can measure it. There are devices that can measure these energy fields and our organs have energy fields. Mm. And so you can have orgasms that have, they're like a high frequency orgasm and they can cause the body to have movements like waves that move through the spine, different kinds of movements that are very pleasurable. And that can happen from touching, not touching, from breathing with somebody, from eye gazing with someone in many, many, many different ways. Just, I just had a new technique I created like with a lover just like three days ago. It was my birthday. He was giving me a birthday. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday. And, And I was, I was stuck on with a lover with a lover. And I was like, Oh, okay. That let me wrap my mind around that for a second (laughs) with a lover. And we're energetic. We've never had intercourse in 20 years, which is really a unique thing about intercourse, but we have energetic sex. And so he was, he had his fingertips on this part of my skull back here, the base of your skull, where your skull meets your spine. And there's a little opening there. And um, he was just like very lightly like doing this with his fingers like he's kind of almost like you know he's fingering me but he's fingering yeah. the base of my spine and i was just like out out of my body i had to have him ground me because i started having like out of body wow. orgasms this is amazing <laughs> wow <laughs> wait i can't i am still stuck so you've never had intercourse as in penetration i've never had penetration with this partner with this and, partner but he and he's kinky sensual this partner is energetic, sensual with me, but he's a shapeshifter. I am live speech. I don't have words. I don't know about it. I've never considered it. I mean, I personally love intimacy. Like that's not my choice, but I don't even know how that works. That's unreal. Yeah. I mean, so this is, this is part of the sexual awakening. Part of the sexual liberation is to go like, like you talked about learning, right, Brian, like all the ways in which I learn. One of the ways in which I learn best is to go do experiments. I call them sex labs. And so I go and I I'm like, okay, well, let's explore this thing. Let's see what this is like. Let's Hmm. play with, with being across the room from each other. Let's play with breath on the body for a few hours. My favorite sex recently is crevice sex. Like, what about the crevice in the corner of your arm or the crevice here where the neck crevice <laughs> sex and boy, and- we are coining some new terms. <laughs> I know I was going to say people might take that to a whole different yeah. level of what that means to them based on old definitions. What's amazing <laughs> is I bet all of the pornography that's going to start coming out where it's like just straight Something rubbing an elbow. <laughs> and that's going to be like, you know, that'll be the, the list of things. Crevice sex, the greatest crevice sex you've ever seen. Okay. What I love about this so much to like bring it back into something like viable. Real, something, no, it's all viable. Something but worth anything. What I love, it's all worth so much to me. I but tend to so much. We, we asked people to like send in questions and what people would be interested to hear about in our conversation with you. And a big one that came through across the board was people that have been together for an extended period of time and have lost the desire. They love their partner deeply, but have absolutely no desire to have intercourse. What we, we generally think of sex as 
but what you're explaining is so like enlightening and groundbreaking. I like, well, for me to hear, because these couples don't, it's, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to be penetration. Right. It can seem so, like it invades your body sometimes. But I mean, in the whatever. questions that were posed, it was like, we've been married for 30 years, but we haven't had sex for two years. And it's like, I, this is a whole, right. there's so many more options than just having intercourse. And discovering these things sounds like that's, that's like marriage saving stuff. You know, that's a beautiful and these people probably didn't realize that maybe they are just energetic and never really loved intercourse in the traditional sense. But, you know, that's just what everybody does. It's how you make a baby. So it's what you do. Right. So, Jaya, where where does one start? I mean, let's say a couple comes to you and says, help. We we love each other, but we have not had sex. I don't really have a desire to have sex with my partner. Mm -hmm. Where do you start? Yeah. I think there's a lot of different areas to look at with this. And the, but the first place is I call it the passion trifecta. And because I see so many people who love each other mm. and yet they do not connect sexually at some point in their relationship. And there's usually three things that are lost because of it. One is mystery. Mm. We mm. get together, you know, we live together. We don't have that same thing you know as too much. first dating. Yeah, we know we have too much right. intimacy, actually. Right. There's not enough mystery in the relationship. So how can you start to bring mystery back in? Maybe you sleep in separate bedrooms for a little while and see what that does. It seems counterintuitive, mm. but it can also start to bring back some mystery. And then you have a date in one of the bedrooms. Mm. And, and that can start to bring some passion back in. So the first is mystery. The second yeah. is naughtiness or novelty, because we also lose the newness. We go to the same restaurant every week. We go out on the same date. We don't do new novel or naughty things. We need to break some rules within our dating and our, the way that we're courting each other. Mm. So mystery, novelty naughtiness and the last one is obstacle we also don't have any obstacles anymore there's no like game to get each other right there's there right. It's, it's a surefire thing so you're like uh oh, right i it's you lose the try and it's like the the hunt and kill aspect of i don't it have goes, to be my away. best self i could totally. be grumpy and yeah. walk around curmudgeon yeah. because you know i know right. you're it there doesn't matter we'll if my hair is looking and... good or if they're yeah totally right. <laughs> which can be a great thing because there's comfort but there's too much comfort and because there's too much comfort, you become roommates instead of passionate lovers with each other. And if we think about all irresistible attraction stories, they all have this. Romeo and Juliet, mystery, naughtiness, they broke the rules, novelty, and obstacle. Lots of mm -hmm. obstacle. Right. So even something as simple as if you go to bed naked, wear something to bed. Don't go to bed naked if you've been doing that every night for all of your relationship. So that would be a that would be a place to start. And then the second place is where what's the awkwardness about? Where did this begin? What started it? You know, is there painful intercourse and you're not talking about the fact that it hurts when you're having sex. And so you didn't want to bring up that up to your partner because it's embarrassing. Well, pain nobody should be having painful sex. <laughs> no. Right. You know, that's not normal. Yeah. To, and I don't, I don't like the word normal because so many people are like, "Am I normal?" You're. I don't want people to think they're broken. You're not broken, right. but you also shouldn't be having painful sex. So that's something to look at. Like, well, let's get to the bottom of why sex is painful. Mm -hmm. Is there a biochemical thing going on? And there's no more chemistry or traction. And how do you move beyond chemistry into alchemy? That's the conversation I'm really interested in because so many people are relying on chemistry to wait until like, oh, I feel that feeling to have sex. 
But what about sexual alchemy? That's a whole other conversation. That's actually a really good point. I think most people are like, oh, I'm just not in the mood. You know, you've got to wait to be turned on to have sex, but you're saying it doesn't have, have sex to be turned on the other way around. People actually don't, don't feel that. And when we're stressed, 80% of us lose our drive. Right. Percent of us are sexuals um, and people who, who might be like a high drive person who don't have a lot of break system. (laughs) When we get stressed, we want to have sex because the sex makes us feel less stressed. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So that, that I think it's just important to take into account, like, okay, I feel stressed, so I don't want to have sex, but actually sex is really good for you when you're stressed. Mm. So having, making that effort to go, you know, I might not be in the mood, but let's, let's do it anyway. Let's get in the mood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an activity. It's like, I don't feel like going to the gym, but I'm going to go to the gym anyway. And then you're done and you feel great. Exactly. Yes. Just love I love where this conversation is going. This has been, this is amazing. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we got 
so many questions. Before we get to to a few questions, I'm really interested to understand more the getting to know yourself in a more intimate way. Meaning, how can you spiritually evolve through sex? I know sex isn't the only way, but I don't know. I think there's something really interesting about taking something that seems very physical. And I think to some people, it's it's an act or it can be a sport or it can be this this very, very only physical thing. And moving from that arena to I can I can know myself more. I can, you know, feel the universe and energy. Like, how do you get there from just this physical act? I'm giggling because this question is so energetic. So it is. <laughs> it's so yeah. right. As you he was asking, asking it, I was like, of course, this was your this blueprint. Is question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. asking questions yeah. from your blueprint, which I totally yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also like, sweating now too. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first step on that journey of going into what I call the transformational stage of sexuality, it's when you want the what's more to sex and not just like energetic blueprints are most, most interested in that transformational stage. And so the first step is just to start to say yes to what's unseen and yes to what's possible and to start to play with this opening up to the possibilities and watching things like the Netflix show in episode two, I start having these energetic orgasms without being touched for anybody who hasn't seen it. So just seeing another person, it's like Roger Bannister in the four minute mile. It's like right. that year, a bunch of other people ran a four minute mile. I think it was 36 people when no one had done it before. So once mm. you see something that's possible, it starts to open up those possibilities for yourself. The other thing is just start mm. learning about energy, learn about the anatomy of energy, learn about how energy flows in the body. Um, the way that my, so my partner and I were total opposites. I was zero kinky. He was highest kinky. I was 5% sensual and he was zero sexual. I was highest in sexual and he was 5% energetic. And so he decided he was going to expand in the energetic so that he could speak to me. So he could, he could pleasure me. Mm. And the way that he did it was through something called network spinal analysis, where he learned how to open up his own energy in his body and then how to move energy with his hands. So learning something like Reiki or healing touch or some of these energy modalities, Donna Eden has a great book called the energies mm -hmm. of love. She's amazing. Um, you know, so just even studying and seeing that it's a possibility can be ways in which we start to open up in ourselves, those practices, and then bring that to a partner. And then I'll add one more. If you have a partner who's really energetically attuned, it's contagious. The energetic orgasms are contagious. So my partner started having them just because I was having them. It's like this energy starts to flow between two people and uh, you can catch it that way in a good way. It's like, a, it's like a sneeze or a yawn. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Is there, is there ever a time where uh, someone comes to you and they're just not a match. I mean, you just see that maybe it's 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 gone too long in the relationship without sex or that the, you know, you said something about feeling unsafe. If that lack of safety has built up so much that someone is just completely closed off to safe, great sex with that partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
if you have different blueprints, I don't think you're doomed at all. So I want to say that because sometimes people think like, oh, I'm energetic and they're sexual and then we're doomed. That's not it. It's exactly what you pointed to. It's a lack of safety and a lack of willingness. So mm. if you're not safe within that relationship, emotionally, physically, spiritually, psychologically, like all of these ways, then that can be really, really challenging until that safety is created. So mm. that could be a moment to question like, I'm not safe here. Is my partner willing to create safety for me? And, and what can I do in myself to create safety? So that could be a journey to go on, not necessarily the end of the relationship, but then if you go on that journey and your partner's still unwilling to create safety for you and you can't find safety, that's a big challenge. And then if there's unwillingness on either one of your parts to learn how to feed, speak, heal, or expand in these erotic blueprints, that can really be a challenge because- you're just not willing to learn. That was one of the things that stood out for me so much when you were just talking about uh, your partner and the fact that he was lacking so much uh, as far as far as the blueprint goes of what you had. So instead of taking that as a negative thing, he was like, I'm going to dive in and I'm going to work on building that up so we can match, so we can find connection with that. And I think a lot of people, they don't think that way. They kind of lose that concept of, they feel like, oh, okay, well, it, we're just, too different. And that's just the way it is. And it's like, it can all be, you can work at all of this is what you're saying. Like you can absolutely cross over and become better at this and fill in that piece of the pie more than you did to begin with. Yeah. It's just skill sets to be learned. It's like learning any language. And if you love your partner and you're willing to learn their language, then you have longevity within your relationship. That's important for people that have been married for 30 years to understand that it's like, it's, you know, instead of pointing at uh, at a long marriage and going, it's, we're, we're just not, we, just we, we don't have sexual stop. chemistry yeah. anymore. So it just is what it is. It's like, no. So fight to get it back, find out what it is your partner is lacking, find out what it is you're lacking. And you both make the choice of finding those things and finding that connection again, because it's there. It's just that you've, you've kind of disregarded what it is the other person likes and what it is you like, and you're not really paying attention to that anymore. You're speaking you become, a different language. You become sort of mundane in this in this setting of what uh, your existence is. Yeah, absolutely. You said it very well. <laughs> Good job. Good job, baby. <laughs> What's your take on pornography? Because oh my god, I had that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we I know worry there's... about it with kids and the way that it teaches uh, our youth growing and that whether it teaches them. But I, so but I also than... at the same time have had situations where it's like por- porn is terrible to watch. Like it is, it, it is just a gateway drug to like not not finding intimacy with somebody you're with. And there are so many negatives now about it. Um, yeah. I think it's so much worse than when we were growing up as kids because we worry about it with our kids, right? When you were kids, it was like, I don't know, Debbie Does Dallas or whatever that was. Now it's like some wild, crazy stuff that's out there that it's, really yeah. it, can be harmful. It, yeah. it is. I, I mean, for for me, I remember at first a friend of mine literally brought a few Playboy magazines and like shoved it in my backpack and was educating me on masturbation and what to do. And I thought, wait, what, what, okay. What's happening. Mm -hmm. And there was so much imagination involved in that. And then I remember when I saw my first, uh, porn film, it was from the seventies and it was, and I was a bit, I don't want to say traumatized that that might be too exaggerated, but it really kind of crushed me a little bit because 
I mean, maybe this is part of my blueprint, but I could see these people didn't like each other. There was no, there was no anything about what I thought sex was. For me, there was like a lack of connection and just this sort of like animalistic act and, you know, seeing anatomy and it just, it just threw me for a little bit. And I imagine now in this day and age with, with all of the sites and the whatever, there's some pretty out there stuff. I mean, how do you think this, uh, this affects kids growing up or adults who get into watching watching a lot of porn and then need to watch porn to orgasm? Place where I have the most concern is the somatic pattern or habit that we get into when we're watching it. So I'm watching this external thing that oftentimes doesn't have a lot of authenticity. I think you're right on, you know, there, there are, there is some in which there's erotica where people are connected, maybe a couple. Totally. P- pizza guys are sexy and there's no way around that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. The, right. The pool, the pool man, everybody wants the pool man, which everybody is why pool men exist. Right. Yeah. And so just like anything, I think it's how are we interacting? What's the relationship that we're having with this? And, you know, I don't want to shame anybody who has a relationship with this, that they're wrong or bad, because that perpetuation of shame then can just create more of a negative cycle again, kind of comes out sideways. But to to think about, well, what's my relationship here? And how am I wiring my body for pleasure? I'm wiring my body for pleasure from this external source that isn't authentic, doesn't have authentic sounds. How is that affecting the brain? How are the images affecting my brain? How then is the way that I'm touching my body, if it's quick, if it's going straight to the intercourse, it's very sexual blueprinted. How is that all affecting my body? And then how is that affecting my relationships with a real human Mm. when that comes time for that intimacy? So I think all of these questions are really good questions to ask yourself as you're moving into the ease. I think one of the challenges with erotica and pornography is that there's such an ease. Oh, this is an easy get off. It's an easy dopamine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's training the body for that easy dopamine hit over and over and over again. So when you go to be with a real person, that then can cha- can create challenges. And then it creates this rut that becomes a grave to your sexuality. You're not in an expanded sexuality. You've got one route that you've now grooved into your brain, into Some your- like quick fix, basically. Neurology yeah. that is this right. quick fix. And I, I am concerned about young people and you know we're seeing more erectile dysfunction. I don't know if there's a correlation between what's happening biochemically, what's happening with porn and, and some of that, but- I do think that they are bombarded with a lot of images that maybe their brains aren't ready for. Like you, you know, like that was kind of traumatizing. My brain isn't ready for that. Um, And and to have conversations, I think just like with drugs and substances, we need to be having these conversations about sex and pornography because these are things that can become overused, compulsive, and not good for us in terms of human connection and in terms of our pleasure and in terms of sexual function. Yes. How, how, how do you have those conversations <laughs> with your kids? I mean, our kids are currently, you know, 11 and under, so I don't believe we're there yet, but like, when do you start that and how asking yeah. for us, not a friend. <laughs> so, so one thing is when they ask you the questions that like for you to be, we talked about safety, make yourself really safe to have those conversations with your kids, which means non-judgmental which means yeah. unconditionally loving, which means I'm here and I'm open to hear 
where you're at, what your questions are, and to answer from an educated standpoint and to not get reactive, which can be really hard as a parent when your child comes to you and says, hey, I saw this porn or my friend showed me this thing or, you know, to not be reactive, but to actually go, okay, I love you. There's nothing you've done wrong, but let's talk about this and let's talk about why this is important. So I think there's a natural age in which they get curious. And if we've created a safe space as parents, they will come to us and say, hey, this has happened. I'm curious about this. Songs and media. I teach all, my son is a teenager now. And he he's, you know, he's at that age where kids are starting to become sexually curious and active. And and media is so great. He he loves listening to like certain rap music. And I'll go, okay, what does that mean to you? And do you know, do you know what that statement actually means? And he shows me his innocence by saying, oh, it means blah, blah, blah. It has nothing to do with sex. He has no idea that it has to do with sex. It's our own brains our adult brains that know. And so mm. that also is important. Or he'll say, yeah, mom, I know that I'm a sex educator. So he's grown up with me, but <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, mom, I know that that, that is sexual and derogatory towards women, but I, you know, I know that I wouldn't say that I enjoy this music, but I don't believe that that's right. You know? And right. so we get to have those conversations because the media is also teaching them. And how can is you as parents, while you still have influence on them, talk about those things that they're being mm. um, influenced by. Just not make anything taboo. That's that's disgusting. Don't listen to that. That's terrible. Don't do it. just make it all open yep. and say, let's talk about what right. that means and why it's important to talk. Because about. as soon I as you that. make it bad and disgusting, they in they get that ingrained. I'm bad and disgusting because I saw it. Uh, uh, that's it. wow. That's and a that's really important how the point. Sexual shame gets ingrained in them. And then also, you know, they feel your charge and then they want to rebel when they get into that. They need to differentiate from their parents. They're going to, they're like, I'm going to rebel. I'm going to do that thing that now, you know, is, is, has an energetic charge in me. Ooh, Jaya, I am no longer going to tell my daughter that the rap songs that she's listening to (laughs) are, are (laughs) bad or derogatory. Um, I, I, I actually had to have this conversation with one of my daughters, because something was coming home from school, I guess someone had watched uh, a a porn film, I don't even know how to say it, porn, pornography. And, um, and what was going around in the class is, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, and everyone was kind of joking around without fully understanding what that means. And I didn't, I, I don't think I said it charged, but I said, I'd like to talk to you about this because think about for a moment what that term means. And I I did tell her and I said, I'm your dad. (laughs) And just the idea of that, because I see this all over social media. Do you, do you all see this too? A lot of, a, a lot of people getting in touch with their sexuality and it's like, spit in my mouth and call me daddy and whatever is a form of like liberation. But inherently there's something strange about referring to your parent as something that would turn you on right i mean maybe not strange but i don't know how what what to do with that what is tricky yeah it is yeah it's tricky and it falls very in the kinky blueprint you know so it's it's interesting you know we've we've done some teaching of like sex education and some of our coaches have gone into high schools and we're seeing more and more like kinky in that demographic mm-hmm. of young adults and young teen or older teens. And 
I'm wondering if it's just part of culture because yeah. and it's part of like the separation between culture. And it is weird for dads to have yeah. like these kinds of things like being said, because it is a sexual context. And then again, what's their meaning in their right. brain? Are they making that connection or are we uncomfortable with it? Because we've put a meaning on it. Right. That is right. Um, more sexualized than what they actually like. They're joking around and they have no idea what they're actually saying. Mm. And, and but I think it is important like you to sit down and go like, let's have a conversation about that. I feel uncomfortable with it. And I'm wondering how we can navigate that together. Mm. I, I love so you. Own it. Yeah, own own, own it yourself. Feel it anyway. They they we think we're being trans, you're not you know hiding things as parents, but they are very smart and they feel right. things. Right. I think it's just it's important to be authentic and transparent and to tell the truth when we're uncomfortable with a conversation, especially around sexuality. I love you. Nothing you've done wrong. I feel uncomfortable with this conversation. And can we talk about it? Can we can we sit down like adults and and talk? Right. Yes. I love that. So good. Another question that we had from uh, a few people is about uh, vibrators, sex toys, and wondering if that does in fact desensitize you from, you know, uh, having an orgasm just in that way. The same thing with porn. How are you using the tool? I was just going to say it becomes the quick fix. Right. It becomes like the yep. the quick solution. Like it's the fast way to get to something and get get through to it. There, there's no work that that it takes to get there. I would assume. And if you're doing the same pattern all the time, you're creating that neural net, which is becoming a rut, which can become a grave, which can become your only route to turn on. And mm. so you want to make sure that you're mixing things up. And I'd also say this is also blueprint dependent. Energetics are going to be a lot quicker to desensitize and frazz out from too much, too quick, too fast in the sexual blueprint. So, you know, if you're energetic, maybe you don't put the vibrator directly on your body, but you hover it around and tease of like, wow, that intense sensation that I'm about to experience. Mm. Yeah. Anticipation, right? Uh, yeah. How about for us shapeshifters out there? What does that, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like mixing it all together. So you might start with that tease where you've just got the sound of it and like yeah. easing over and then you put like a little piece of fur or some kind of sensation between the vibrator so i have these fur mitts that i can put my vibrator inside of and so the vibrator's inside the fur mitt so it's indirect yeah. but you're getting all the fur plus the i vibrator. love watching randy's face right now this is the <laughs> i'm watching sharna i'm watching <laughs> This is the greatest thing ever. This, it's, it's, Jaya, it's, you have it's, just brought so much entertainment and love to my day. I feel so yeah. much better. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm personally so excited. Say again. Do you want to hear the kinky one? What's it? Yes. yes. Add the kinky into yeah. your shape shifter? Of course. Yes. So you can tie the vibrator like with a rope around, but just so it's on the pubic bone and not touching their clitoris. And then if they're really good, then you can go directly sexual and then they get, they get the touch on the clitoris or, you know, penis, whatever body wow. part. But, but key, if they're really good. If they're really good, only if they're really good, good. do they actually get that vibrator. You mean as in like a good girl? If they're really good, yeah, good fair. girl, you know, good boy, <laughs> whichever yeah. way, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I you know what that makes sense. He's said, oh, it's so personal. He's said good girl to me a couple of times before. And I was like, exploded it. Like it did it for me. So the kinky thing, I guess makes sense. I just never realized it. Yep. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> as uh, what I have another question that we did get asked about a lot and um, for a lot of women, that are heading into menopause and are really struggling mm. with their libido, just finding no desire to have sex. 
what what are some things that they can do? Where do they start? Is this a, a rut that's turned into a grave? Is there a way through? Like what is some guidance there? There's definitely a way through. Um, again, looking at those four things, biochemistry being a big one because the biochemistry is changing in a big way. Are you working with your doctor? Um, there are bioidentical hormones. There are herbs that you can take. And so there are things, and I will say the struggle is real. I work with a lot of women who've gone through this. I'm in that age right now. And it's just like, whoa, like what, ha what happened? Where did, like, it feels like it went overnight. Mm -hmm. And again, this is that thing of once you get going, it will kick in. It's just that thing, like you said, Brian, about going to the gym. It's like, okay, once I get going, it's great. It feels great. And I'm so glad that I did it. But yet at the same time, it's just that kind of like mind over the biochemistry at this point, mm, use your psyche yeah. emotional tools, use the connection and the love that you feel with your partner, schedule intimacy dates where you just know, and you can build anticipation all week to get into that moment. But really this is a, it is a biochemical challenge. So it is, how do we overcome the chemistry and get really interested. This is a great time to learn Tantra. This is a great time to maybe switch out of the sexual blueprint and get and learn more energetic and expand into more of your sensuality. And that's Absolutely. one thing that I love about the blueprints. My partner actually enlightened me to this because he said, you know, cause I was going, I was like, my sexual is really down and that's, that's weird for me. And he said, but you're still an erotic creature. You got all the other blueprints to play in. And I was like, duh, mm. my own work, you know, coming yeah. in. <laughs> yes. So is that is that almost the same suggestion then that you would give to somebody that's having issues because they're on um uh certain certain drugs or certain things that are, you know, certain they're certain medications. Like yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Finding because the different the different ways. It's like, okay, if it's affecting you know your your performance that way, then let's get into some different ways to to kind of hmm. create the connection. How do you find pleasure? Like, let's take it out of the intercourse box because that box is so limited, such a limited mm -hmm. script. That and and I have nothing against intercourse. I love intercourse, so <laughs> nothing against that. Um, it, but it is, there's so much more variety and there's so much more to learn and there's so much more play that, you know, I think that the big thing is we have to have sex worth wanting as Esther Perel says, she's amazing. If any of mm. you, have I love her, she's so great, but she says you have to have sex worth wanting. So what's the sex that's worth wanting for you during this time when you're ill or you're, you're taking a medication or your biochemistry is changing because sex does heal. And I really believe in pleasure is healing. Mm. And it's one of the things that we start to let go to the wayside. At, early in my career, I worked with this doctor and I was really fascinated by some of the things that he was saying um, because he was looking at people who got well when they had cancer and other really intense illnesses and people who died in the illness in his practice. And he was, he was noticing a correlation between the ones who stayed sexually active and in pleasure getting better. And mm. the ones who didn't, who allowed their sexuality to go, go. And I think there's some truth to this, just on a biochemical level that when we're telling our body, we're still in pleasure and we're procreating, we want to stay here. You know, the body goes, Oh, you're still a viable human. When we right. stop those things, right. the body goes, okay, you're done. You're no good anymore. Yeah, there's more yeah. life force yeah. when you're having pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. More prana, more chi, more life force. All of that is moving through your body. Yes. Pleasure. yes. Fascinating. It's so apropos too that uh, tomorrow 
is Valentine's Day. So what's the, the, the last thing as we wrap up here, Jaya? Um, what, what would you say to someone around love, intimacy, sex, blueprint? What's your message to our listeners? I think the most important message that we can all hear, and this may sound a little cliche, is that the bottom line of all of this is learning unconditional love for you from you. And when you mm -hmm. learn unconditional love for yourself and sexuality is part of that, can you accept yourself as a whole erotic being? I think we're all shapeshifters. We've just been conditioned out of it. And we are these whole beings who have many, many facets to our eroticism. And when we can love ourselves there in this place where we have the most shame, I think, in our culture, then that place of love gives acceptance and safety and love to everyone else so that they can fully blossom. And that's like a pay it forward, pass it on. Everybody gets it in the end. Mm. That's a mic Jaya, drop. you've been so amazing. That's a mic drop. Yeah, you've been so amazing to be here. Oh, thank can you, you just so do all of our episodes with us? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. you. Are, you're incredible, and we're so grateful that that you took the time out of your busy schedule and came here to Oldish to talk Absolutely. to and answer yeah, some questions. Thank you, Jaya. For anyone that wants to know more about your work, what you do, or if they want to work with you through their own things they're experiencing, where can people find you? So you can find me online. The quiz is great. The quiz is amazing. Yes. Taking yeah. the quiz is a great place to start. I also have a new book out, Your Blueprint for Pleasure. Right. Um, great place to get started with the blueprints. And you can you can find me. Just search Jaya Erotic Blueprints. You'll find me all over the place. Miss Miss Jaya, too. I love that. I love right. that. Miss Jaya. That's a great, great way also. <laughs> Thank you this so much. This has been Thanks my favorite episode here. we've done. Thank oh, you so much. I'm so excited. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> You've been amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. 
So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. That was so much fun. I God, feel like I know incredible. so much about you two now. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. I feel like we just, level. everyone knows a lot about it. What's but... funny is I don't feel like as much shame as I thought I would being in front of you. I feel like, okay, we kind of know each other, you know, on a much deeper level, but like, it's okay. Like it's in a, in a positive way. It's like, oh, okay. It's I, I know something about Randy that makes me, that makes me just understand him a little more. Yeah, it's not just wearing the clogs and running down my stairs now. Well, it's it's still, no, that still plays a huge part because now (laughs) I have the visual of that. Um, But now, you know, now I can understand like, like who you are between running up and down stairs with clogs. (laughs) Right. What I was amazed by too um, was she got all of ours pretty much. Oh, Oh, she was spot on. She got spot on. She guessed mine. Actually, I didn't even realize, and you called it out. I thought I was just kinky, which is why I was like, I don't, this is like wild, but the kinky sensual was like equal parts. And she yeah. said that she called out sensual first just by watching my body by language. Watching yeah. how you were touching yourself. And I'm always touching myself. That sounds incredibly sexual, but I'm like, I'm, I'm always hand on my face or my arm or whatever, or on brain. Randy's learning all sorts of things today. Yay. <laughs> Happy almost Yay Valentine's is. Day, everybody. Happy almost Valentine's Day. I loved this. Yeah. I, I, I see on, I, I, I was going to say, no, go ahead be, be, before, before I sign us out. Cause you have something. something oh yeah. I was just going to say, so um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm so curious to know uh, you don't have to share your blueprint, but it's something, you know, some sort of takeaway or something that you want to try because this isn't just about the act of sex. I mean, one of the biggest things that was unearthed by talking with Jaya is receiving pleasure, having mm-hmm. pleasure, that being part of life force. And I, and I so right hope here. that this episode answered questions too for people. And I think that, you know, I, I know in asking those questions, they weren't necessarily the answers that I thought I was going to hear, mm-hmm. but then you hear about it and you go, that makes way more sense. Like, like your approach to sex, you know, if you're, um, if you're feeling like the spark isn't there, well, maybe, maybe you are interpreting what the spark should be compared to what it actually is and finding those different sparks because there are many different ones out there. And I think people tend to look for just the one in intercourse and go, yeah, we're not having that. So the spark isn't there. And it's like, yeah, the spark, it could absolutely be there in a million other ways. That, so look that revelation of sex is not just intercourse, yeah, right? right? Is Amazing. Because I know for women in speaking to women, right, it's not the art of being the the act of being intimate. It's like the penetration can sometimes feel like 
you know, I just don't want that right now, but I want to be close. That's why women are like, can we just cuddle? Not right, understanding right. that there is an, there is, there is a world of other things we can explore and have a sexual moment with each other without it being intercourse. Yes, exactly. Without penetration. I love that so much for our listeners, for women, for people listening and for men too, I'm sure. Like that's just such an, um, an enlightening piece of information. Beautiful. It is. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes. I hope you you gain some things and some practices that make this Valentine's Day extra special because I know it. it's going to make it extra special for us. And and judging by Randy's face right now, I'm assuming it's going to make things extra special for Randy. <laughs> Randy, I'm so excited for you. For you and your wife. Go get it. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy everyone. Valentine's Day. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at @oldishpod, And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. <laughs> we love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. stars. Yeah. See you all next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one listen to a really good cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts